This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering season one, episode two, Wendigo. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. You're already yawning. <laughs> oh no. What's on the agenda today <laughs> is uh, episode two, Wendigo. Which is an episode that I think gets a lot of like flack in the fandom. But I don't really know why, because it's a real it's a good episode. <laughs> I really like this episode. I really like this episode. My second time seeing it, I still liked it. Maybe more than the first time I saw it. I think this was my third or fourth time watching it. <laughs> I think it was my fourth. Probably close to my fourth. It made a lot of good choices in yeah. filming this episode. I don't know why people don't like it. Yeah. I think it's well written. I mean, it's got some, like, exposition dumpy stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, the plot's not, like, it's not boring by any means. It, the plot moves at a reasonable pace, in my opinion. The boys are real great in it. Visually, it's gorgeous. Cinematography is really good in this. Oh, it's absolutely stunning. Special effects are a little meh, but like that's to be expected. Coming off of the pilot, when a (laughs) when a TV show films a pilot episode, they get uh, extra budget for the pilot. So then the second episode comes along, and they have to kind of dial back expectations, um, simply because of the money available. Honestly, so, I didn't think the special effects were too bad in this. I thought the pilot special effects were I worse. Think, I think what <laughs> makes the special effects in Wendigo, you I thought, know, pretty impressive compared to... Especially, I, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of at least the, the very end special effects of the pilot. I'm still Is confused by what them, happened. I really don't know what happened. A lot of them are actually practical. I was going to say... Uh, Wendigo it's a guy in a suit. Looked practical in a few yeah. of the shots, mm-hmm. which I think helped him look pretty good. Yeah, I I really do think that practical effects effects are something um, that legit just look like a um, they just a mask. Yeah, a well done prosthetic yeah. mask. I don't you know. get you get some good practical effects artists in there, and they can work some serious magic. And they didn't really use too many special effects either, because I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but. You don't get very many visual shots of the Wendigo mm-hmm. because he's so fast. I think the only real special, like, CGI-ish stuff that they used is when Dean shoots him at the end. We get, like, his rib cage lighting up with the fire. Mm. And the shots true. of, that are just, like, the, like, figure running in front of the bushes. You basically just see, like, a shadow real but quick. But most of the time, yeah, it's just... Like a shape. Uh carefully placed cameras and shadows and timing things just right and it's really well done and I really really like Keeps it. Keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. I yeah think. They, they, te- they, they tease you with the Wendigo for a long time uh, yeah, which I think like, makes him more menacing Yeah, because we don't really know what they're facing. You don't see a full shot of its face until like the last five minutes maybe. Five ten minutes yeah. 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 
it's it's it a gradually shows you it's more a... and more and more of it until the end mm-hmm. yeah. which i definitely think adds to the, like the intimidation factor the suspense for this yeah. creature and the suspense yeah you go from just even... seeing fleeing shapes to the claws reaching out mm, to yeah, the... we do get like the full shot of the hands yeah which to is such a great the back shot. of its head to its profile to, like, in the dark and, and then finally you get the full shot of the face at the end <laughs> yeah yeah it's really it's really really well done um so i do actually have some pitch info for this episode from straight from kripke's twitter once again these links will be in the show notes so if you want to check these out for yourself there you go um wendigo is number three in his original like five episode pitch uh, it's, uh, his, his little thing says, uh, Wendigo, formerly our Skinwalker episode, which I think is interesting because Skinwalkers are also a Native American, a, a piece of Native American beliefs. Different um, creature. Different but... <laughs> creature, but they come from the same culture. Sources. Yeah. You know? Um... Alright, we're in the shadowy north woods of Minnesota. We went from Minnesota to Colorado. <laughs> a deer hunter realizes he's not alone out th- out here. Oh, I'm going to read that sentence again because, wow, I can't read. <laughs> a deer hunter realizes he's not alone out here. There's something else, something unseen. It circles him and it never moves. And it moves much faster than a deer. That's when the man realizes he's being hunted. Twigs crack, leaves rustle. A suspense build when suddenly something jerks the hunter into the darkness, leaving only silence. Cut to Manitowoc, Minnesota. Several locals have recently vanished in this dense, eerie forest. Sam and Dean are on the case, having learned of the disappearances through the small town's newspaper. Our boys investigate and uncover enough freaky occult details to realize a wendigo has taken residence in the Black Woods. A man-eating Native American creature whose name roughly translates into evil that devours. Stakes escalate when our heroes learn that several stubborn yet likable locals have ventured deep into the forest to find their lost loved ones, including Rachel and Trevor, who are searching for their missing parent, which is something our boys can certainly relate to. These locals, who don't believe in Wendigos, not yet anyway, have no idea what they're getting themselves into. So Sam and Dean venture into the woods and find these locals, and when Tom, uh, the strongest, most able-bodied of the townsfolk, is violently snatched into the darkness, Sam and Dean must lead the panicked people to safety and protect them from the vicious, predatory creature that... Gotta read that sentence again. (laughs) Sam and Dean must lead the panicked people to safety and protect them from the vicious, predatory creature that waits in the shadows. Uh, a stripped-down Blair Witch-type episode about pure, simple, primal fear about the untold, unholy thing out in the dark, and the only chance for survival is to band together. This feels like a good opportunity for a Dean storyline, <laughs> as the self-proclaimed lone wolf must lead and even rely upon the vulnerable townsfolk to survive. Interesting. That was interesting that they really switched good. to the... Uh searching for for a missing parent to a missing brother. Yeah, yeah. They switched from parent to sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, they... I Also, something I noticed is um, his original location, like, town location, is Manitowoc, Minnesota, which is the name of the town that the boys are in in Dead in the Water. Hmm. It's Manitowoc. Oh. 
It's like Lake Manitok. So they switch the locations around a little bit. Yeah, they switch the locations around names around a little bit, which because in this episode it's uh, Blackwater Ridge. Blackwater Ridge in Lost Creek, Colorado. That is our opening. uh, What's it called? When there's words at the bottom of the screen, giving you the location. What is that called? Does that have a name? (laughs) Banner. I think it's called a banner. I don't know. I had no idea. But that is our our opening. We open on uh, a campsite, Blackwater Blackwater Ridge, Lost Creek, Colorado. It's two tents. In one of it, two guys are playing video games. One of them's the guy from Glee. (laughs) That's what, I think Monty. we both we both wrote, hey, it's the guy from Glee, but she's the only one who wrote his name down. I've never actually watched Glee. I just know him from, like, yeah, you know. It's the guy that passed away. Didn't he passed away? Yeah. 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 He dies in this show, too. <laughs> Fictionally, he dies, yes. He fictionally dies, yes. I, I do love the playing video games with each other while in the same tent on separate devices. Yeah. It was such a mood. <laughs> also such a mood to bring video games on a camping truck. Honest to God. Are you trying to get away from <laughs> I mean, it is night. Like, true. You know. Yeah. If you spent the whole day hanging around the campsite and doing outdoorsy stuff, you can't really do that at night, so that's a good time to that's true. Ha- I guess have a little screen time. You better have a lot of extra batteries, I guess. Yes. <laughs> it's going to die quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I I love this show, but the technology they use really dates the earlier seasons. There's well, literally see, yeah, there's a Blackberry. Yeah, <laughs> he's recording himself on the Blackberry. There's literally <laughs> a scene in um, huh. I want to say it's Scarecrow, but that might be wrong. There's a scene in season one or two where Sam takes out his phone, pulls the antenna out with his teeth, and then flips it open. And it's so 2005, it hurts. This is the antenna with the teeth thing. I love it. I love it, and I hate it at the same time. (laughs) It's the best. No, so we have two guys in one tent. We have Corey Monteith, and I can't remember the other actor's name. Um, You said he looked familiar, but nothing on his IMDb page except Supernatural was something we recognized, so... And then there's the brother. And then in the other tent is, um, is this Tommy. 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 I was going to yeah. say Trevor. Tommy is in the other tent, <laughs> and he, he's the one with the Blackberry, and he sends a video message to his, to sister, his brother? sister Haley. Um, I just wrote pee break, because <laughs> one of the guys playing video games has to pee. Uh, <laughs> and then he gets murdered. He gets, he gets eated. By something in the dark. Which is why I'm scared of peeing alone in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) So, we get... We get some really nice tension building. Especially with Tommy in the tent. Mm Because he's alone. So you just get the, like, the outside sounds. You're inside the tent with him and you can hear stuff going on outside, but you can't see anything. So you're just just waiting. You just see these, like, fleeting shadows run by and this growling... Yeah, and his friend screaming. <laughs> so you're just waiting for it to come and get him. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's really well done. Really, really well done. Uh, and then we cut suddenly to Palo Alto, California. I think that's when our splash screen happens, actually. And then we cut to Palo Alto, 
California to a cemetery. Sam mm. is visiting Jess's grave. Is he having a flashback or is he dreaming it's this? It's a dream. It's, I don't know what sort of flashback would involve a hand coming out of the grave and grabbing his well, wrist. Well, I mean, that part is obviously a dream, but I wonder if the first part of him visiting the grave is a flashback, though. It, yeah, yeah, it's it, entirely he, possible. He probably went to her he, funeral, right? Well, yeah, yeah. They hung around Palo Alto for a week, uh, as Sam mentions a little bit later. Or Dean, does Dean say it? I don't know. One of them says they they had hung around for a week, they hadn't found anything, and now the boys are on John's trail, uh, going to the coordinates that he left Dean in. Which is Blackwater one, Ridge. Which is Blackwater Ridge. AKA the middle of goddamn nowhere. Also, Blackwater <laughs> Ridge doesn't actually exist. Lost Creek Wilderness exists. Blackwater Ridge does not. Um I have a note about how I don't know how Sam sleeps sitting up in the Impala. <laughs> the kid is eight feet tall. He's so fucking tall. I am five six and I can't sleep sitting up in a car with even with a pillow. Yeah, it's hard. You know? So I don't know how he does it. I guess I mean I guess if you grow up in a, like the car the Impala is as close to a home as the boys have. Yeah. So I'd imagine, like, it's actually probably pretty comforting. With all the road tripping they do. They probably With the amount of traveling to... they did growing up and stuff. Yeah, I'd imagine they're both pretty accustomed to sleeping in the car. Yeah. And Sam especially sleeping while driving, because Dean likes to drive. Which, <laughs> Dean actually asks Sam if he wants to drive for a while. Which... That doesn't happen later on, does it? <laughs> a little foreshadowing. <laughs> for the end of the episode. <laughs> But yeah, so they're, the boys are heading to Blackwater Ridge in Lost Creek, um, which is a real place. Uh, the area is named for Lost Creek, a perennial stream that disappears and reappears before finally joining Goose Creek, which empties into the South Platte River at Cheeseman Reservoir, just east of the wilderness area in Colorado. So, Wow. I did a little research because I was genuinely curious if that was a real place. It's not a real place. Cheeseman Reservoir, huh? Yeah, Cheeseman. <laughs> Cheeseman. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> You're going to get us in trouble. That's what I'm looking at. There's, no, e. there's, no, there's no third E. I thought it was Cheeseman. Cheeseman. <laughs> Cheeseman. <laughs> I mean, that's a good name. Oh. Sam, of course, makes note on the map that it is the middle of goddamn nowhere. And wants to know why John is sending them to the middle of the nowhere, which I think is kind of a little bit of a hint mm-hmm. that there's there's nothing there, which means that John isn't there, you know? Yeah. So, um, they cut to, uh, the ranger station, mm-hmm. right? That's where we go next, is the ranger station. Um, the boys looking around, Dean finds a picture of a gigantic ass bear. Yeah. That bear is so fucking big. Which, um, like, you can see since there are bears big enough, like, that big in that area, you can see why that why, the ranger uh, that goes with them later thinks, oh, it's probably just a bear. Yeah, yeah. You can see why people <laughs> think that it's just a bear. So I mean, a fucking big bear, but still. Grizzlies are gigantic. <laughs> They're big bears. Their paws are fucking huge, man. Um, Sam also mentions that the area is full of abandoned silver and gold mines, mm-hmm. which is another little detail. 
that I took a note of because guess where they find it ends up a being weapon. important later <laughs> it ends up being important um they we meet ranger wilkinson who i guess works at the ranger station judging by the fact that he's a ranger uh he wants to know uh like what they're doing there um sam pulls out a in my opinion pretty good lie about being students in i don't know what program he says they're they're um. in like some Something kind of ecology, outdoor, yeah, outdoorsy recreational, program. yeah, yeah. Well, but Dean says recycle, <laughs> like, yeah, some kind of you know wilderness, uh, eco-friendly degree. He says they're working on a paper, and Rachel Wilkinson says bull, yeah, <laughs> and their their faces when he calls them out. <laughs> I like, want the boys oh. to get called out on their shit more often. It's so funny. <laughs> like, that didn't the, work. We the we moment of panic one. every time is so great. No, Ranger Wilkinson says, um, no, you're, you're, not, you're not students, you're friends of that Haley girl. I'll tell you what I told her. Her brother got a backcountry pass for, I don't know how many days. A permit. A permit, yeah, he has a permit to camp on the ridge for an certain number of days. It hasn't reached the last day yet. So. Hasn't reached the last day yet. It's not a missing person yet. Yeah. So, um... And then Dean does a pretty smart move, I Dean, thought. Yeah, Dean goes with this. He, he goes with it. He's like, yeah, we're Haley's friends. Um, you know. And he's like, you know what would probably help her if, uh, if she could see her brother's return date? Could we get a copy of that permit? Mm-hmm. Um... Which is pretty smart of him, but Sam doesn't... Sam's a little bit all, uh, why are we even bothering with this missing kid? Like, we're gonna go up there. We don't need to go talk to the family. We're gonna go up there, we'll find Dad, we'll figure out what the thing is, we'll hunt it, we'll kill it. Happy ending, you know? Mm -hmm. Why are we wasting our time with, you know, the this girl and her missing brother? Like, that's not... It's not priority. Um, so, which is something I made a note of coming out of episode one. At the beginning of episode one, Sam is, you know, Sam in, let me start this sentence over again. <laughs> in episode one, Sam goes from, I don't want to hunt, any, hunt anymore, but I'll help Dean just the once, to, I now have a personal stake in finding the thing that killed mom, which is... <laughs> Excuse me. Which is more than he had before. He's kind of, at this point, laser-focused on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, based on the way Dean reacted in episode one to Sam talking about Mary, you can it implies, especially based when combined with some stuff we get throughout the next few seasons, that Dean and John didn't really talk about Mary much to Sam growing up. Um, and... So he he even says like if I didn't have pictures I wouldn't know what mom looks like you know mm -hmm. he doesn't have any connection to his mother so he never had a connection to his dad's crusade for lack of a better word but now now he does <laughs> now he has a personal stake in this and he yeah. doesn't want to get distracted with you know help the girl save the day he mm -hmm. wants to get in find John, get the job done. Get out, you know? Because mm -hmm. he he knows, they do know that John is on the trail of the thing that killed their mom, that he's, like, 
if if he's to the point where he's gone off grid this much, like he's he's closing in, mm-hmm. and Sam wants in on that, and so the faster they move, the the better chances they have of catching up with John. So yeah, uh, which explains Sam's willingness to throw himself into danger. It's also that that same willingness to just risk it all is something that'll definitely come up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but Dean persuades him and they go to Haley's house. Um, they knock on the door. They say they're wildlife service. Agents Ford and Hamill. The <laughs> way Dean says Hamill is great, oh, that's too. The, that's the next episode. Oh, is it not? Oh. <laughs> I'm mixing up episodes. Okay, listen. I, I remember making a note on them. Like, I think that's the yeah. next episode. <laughs> Alright. Starting that over again. <laughs> okay. Go to Haley's house and knock on the door. What? They, they do introduce themselves with Wildlife Service, but does he just say, um, I'm Dean, this is Sam? I think he does. Hmm. He introduces he himself. They use, they use their first names. Yeah. He says, I'm Dean, this is Sam. And then Haley asks for ID, and he holds up an ID <laughs> that says Samuel Cole on it with Dean's picture. <laughs> Which I don't... I I don't know how she... T- <laughs> like, how is that not a dead giveaway? Like, hi, my name is Dean. Is, like, a.k.a. A- Samuel. <laughs> asking <laughs> for ID is great. <laughs> But yeah, the fact that it's an ID that says Samuel on it with Dean's picture... She didn't look too closely at it. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but it's something I noticed that I was like, um... I did say it was smart for her to ask for ID. Yeah, so yeah, just but she two strange men showing she up. She probably could have paid a little closer attention to the ID. Yeah, <laughs> she, she probably should have. right away that Dean was lying. <laughs> Since the ID that he holds up doesn't even have his name on it. <laughs> No, so we meet uh, Haley. She's the younger, I think. I, I'm not really sure if Haley or Tommy's younger or older. Ben's yeah. the youngest. Yeah. Ben's the youngest brother, but I'm not sure if Haley is the the older sister or like the middle child. Yeah, I so, don't know. I don't know how that lines up, but Haley and Ben are Tommy's brother and sister. Um, something that I did actually note is Ben, at least in my opinion, is very heavily, like, coded as uh, having autism spectrum disorder. Hmm. His his mannerisms, his speech patterns. I didn't notice that. Um, and that's, he reminds me of my brother a little bit. Hmm. So I think that's why I caught on to it, because I was like, oh, he kind of, you know. What, um, what I noticed not about as, him. <laughs> it's not as heavily stereotyped. Yeah. As it often is when you get those sorts of characters. A lot of yeah, times when, when someone who uh, doesn't have ASD or doesn't know someone with ASD writes a character with autism spectrum disorder, you get lots of stereotypes. And Ben's a little stereotypey, but not nearly to the length that you know other shows have gone. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a lot more like subtle. Well, because people with ASD are just normal people, you know? Yeah. You know, like, they don't... There's... Obviously, there's different levels. It's a spectrum. But Ben is a little more subtle, a little less like, Hey, look, we have an autistic character. <laughs> and more, this is a character, and he also is autistic. You yeah. Know? And he's not heavily de- developed because these are one-off characters. Mm-hmm. But it is something that I definitely noticed. 
and Haley has something that she noticed about him. She noticed him for an entirely different reason. Because <laughs> I'm dating a nerd. <laughs> Says the nerd. <laughs> I'm also dating a nerd. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> Would you like to share share your uh, detail with the world? Yeah, so I'm like, this kid looks really familiar. And then you Google him. I'm like, oh, it's Eldon Ehrenreich. Why does that name look familiar? Oh my gosh, it's Han Solo. <laughs> It's freaking Han Solo. From Solo. Yeah. It's the Solo Han Solo. Yeah, it's the, the younger Han Solo. <laughs> oh my gosh. He, they're doing a Han Solo show, aren't they? I don't know. Are they? I thought they were. Well, not that I've heard, but maybe. What am I thinking of? Boba Fett? No. Kenobi? I know, because I was thinking, people were wondering if they'd get the same actor to play Solo. Oh. In something, I but don't I don't know. know what it was. Okay. But yeah, yeah, the actor who plays Ben it plays young Han Solo in the Solo story film. So. That, and let me say, that movie gets a lot of crap, but I thought it was a great movie. <laughs> and I thought Alden Ehrenreich did a great job playing a younger Harrison Ford. <laughs> like, he was spot on, in my opinion. Yeah, I haven't so he's, seen he's it. He's a really talented actor. He is a very good actor. Now we see him as a fetus in this he's early supernatural baby from episode. 2005, <laughs> 15 goddamn years ago. It's so long. I was eight when the show first aired. 2005? I was like... Yeah. September 13th, 2005. I was like 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would say you were probably 11, because you're three years older than me, aren't you? I thought I was Are four. Are you four years older than me? Eh, between three and four. Not yeah. quite four. So you're but... probably 11, 12, yeah. Yeah. We were babies. Um, but so we meet Haley. And we meet Ben, um, and the boys are gently prying for information. Sam's much better at this than Dean is. Um, Sam is still, he can't help himself, even though he's like, I don't know why we're dealing, why we have to deal with all this, and why can't we just go up there? Like, he still is like the softy, you know? Mm-hmm. He's, he's really good. He does this, like, he has this gentle earnestness about him that I actually made note of in Dead on the Water. Dead in the Water, sorry that I find very endearing. Um, he, he he makes it easy for people to open up to him. You know, he gets his, his voice gets all soft and, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but Haley explains that the reason she's so sure that something's happened to Tommy is because he sends, he's been sending pictures and videos every single day from he's been his out there. Blackberry. From his Blackberry. <laughs> uh, Sam says, well, maybe he doesn't have signal, which is a valid because they're in the middle of goddamn nowhere. And she says, no, he has a satellite phone, so he could still contact them, even if he doesn't have signal. Hmm. So, and he has, she hasn't heard from it at all. Um, so Sam is like, okay, well, can we see the most recent hmm. like, pictures and videos? And so Haley pulls him up on the computer, and we see the video that Tommy recorded at the beginning of the episode... Mm, yeah. And he's like, we're still going... I don't even know what he said. Right before the attack happened. Yeah, right before the attack happened. Um, uh, the boys say, tell Haley that they're going to go up to Blackwater Ridge, and she says that they'll see them up there, because she's going out the next morning. Mm. Um, so how long that, has it been since they heard from him last? I don't remember. Let me see the synopsis. 
I don't know how long it's been. I think it's been at least a day or two. Hmm. But maybe I. I'd say two days at most. It's been long enough for her to be concerned, but not long enough for the rangers to get worried because he's still like his permit's still valid. Yeah. Um. But Haley tells the boys that she and Ben hired a guide and are heading into the hills the next morning to find Tommy. So, and the boys, I think, try to dissuade her from going, but she's like, you know, he's my brother. I'll, I gotta go find him. Which, Which Dean immediately yeah. is like, yes. I think yes. that might be why in the script they switched it from a parent to a brother. Yeah. So you could see. I feel like. It's kind of foreshadowing, showing how how the Dean boys will do freaking anything for yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the brother, or the parent thing was probably an attempt to get in on the you know, looking for our dad. Except they were already doing Part, that anyway. Well, t- for to give that, to give those um, characters something for the boys to relate to. Hmm. Um, I spelled hiking hinking. <laughs> I just noticed that. <laughs> uh, to give the boys something to relate to, but Dean is the one who is relating to Haley the most in this moment, um, and it's... I don't think it's specifically, find, you know, I do anything to find my brother. I think it's more that Dean, um, Dean needs his family. That's a core aspect of Dean's mm-hmm. being is his family. Um, and I think it's also, I talk about this in a little in my, uh, notes for Dead in the Water, but Dean, he's okay if he knows where his family are. He's better if he's with his family, but as long as he knows, you know, John's doing this, Sam's at school, I'm good. But then John goes missing and Dean has... He he doesn't know where his dad is anymore and he needs to know... He needs to make sure that Sam is safe and that's part of why Dean goes and gets Sam is because he, in his at his core, needs his brother with him mm-hmm. to be able to handle what's going on. Yeah. Um, so I think Dean just relates to Haley a lot in that they'll do anything for their sibling, which mm-hmm. is something that Sam actually probably would also relate to, but Sam's so stuck on, gotta find dad, gotta do, you know, gotta find the, the monster and mm-hmm. stuff that he's missing, how Dean is relating to Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, it's going over his head. I think he gets it a little more as the episode goes yeah. on, yeah. but he's still, he doesn't quite, he's which is funny because Sam's the empathetic one. <laughs> he's very single-minded right, right now. now. <laughs> very, very single-minded. Um, but yeah, we cut to a bar, I think, next, and Sam has a shit ton of research all the sudden. He's got newspaper clippings, he's got, like, what happened? Did Sam just go hit up the library real quick? Apparently. I want to see those missing, those in-between scenes, you know? <laughs> Or he's, like, elbow deep in archived newspapers looking for specific stuff. Like, and also, how does he get all these, like, old cutouts and stuff? <laughs> you know, where is that like, coming from? He must have gone to a uh, yeah. library. Yeah, but the boys meet at a bar. Um, and Sam's just talking about missing people sitting in a bar. Like <laughs> a little... Because that's not creepy. <laughs> well, that's when they finally watch the video, right? Yeah, well, Sam points out 
something in the video that I think he noticed earlier but hadn't wanted to point out in front of Haley. Mm. He saw something move, right? For three frames, something, like, runs past the tent behind Tommy. Yeah, Sam is... It's only three frames, which... Sam is putting this together what this could be from the very, very beginning since that video. I don't think he knows exactly what it is because they they still are unsure about it. They don't... he's, He's... Getting ideas straight away. Yeah, he's taking notes. (laughs) He's doing all the mental. Because he's the one that figures out what it is. (laughs) Yeah, he is the one that figures out what it is. Um, But it's just a show of how fast Wendigos move because uh, with with video recordings, it's twenty four frames per second. So for it to only be in three frames, (laughs) like real that thing's booking. (laughs) He's going. He is going places. <laughs> so, um, I think Sam has an article, I think it is, about a kid who survived an attack. A supposed bear attack. A supposed bear attack. Like, 20 years before, I think? Yeah, something like that. I think that. it was 20 years ago. Let me check my synopsis again. Um... Oh, no, it was, um... Okay, so Sam f- has found out that people go missing in Blackwater at regular intervals every 23 years. Um, they... F- he has uh, information about a man named Shaw, who's a survivor of an alleged bear attack in 1959. Hmm. So, and Shaw is reluctant to talk to them, but Sam is... Sam... And he gets Shaw to open up, and the guy admits that he he says it wasn't a bear, that there's no way it could have been a bear, because bears don't... It moved don't, too fast to see, he says. It moved too fast to see, and bears don't unlock doors. Hmm. The, the creature not only opened the door, it unlocked it. <laughs> Which is Were they in a cabin zone or yeah. something? Yeah, okay. they were in a cabin. Sam says, did like, it, are they in a you tent? know, <laughs> Sam... Sam thought they were in a tent and he even like asks he's like it came into your tent and Shaw says no it, it was a cabin it unlocked the door he was sleeping in front of the fire hmm. and it walked right past him hmm. and killed his parents and it it injured him but didn't kill him didn't attempt to take him either which is mm-hmm. odd which is odd yeah they never follow up on why it left him alone either I think he may have fought it I don't remember um, but he says it was smart enough to unlock the cabin door, roared like no man or animal, and moved like lightning. So, I don't know why, I don't remember why it, um, left him. Let me... Well, he does say, like, to this day, I still don't know why it didn't I take me. I think he might have. I think he does have some survival's guilt. And then he shows them where he got scratched, which is, like, four massive claw prints on yeah, his shoulder. Yeah, he's got huge claw marks. Shaw House. Yeah, he says, Wyatt left me alive. Been asking myself that ever since. Uh, And then he shows the boys the three claw marks that he has on his left shoulder. She looks nasty. It's Mm -hmm. great, great special effects makeup. Yeah. Really well done. The, uh, The Supernatural makeup team is so good at their jobs. (laughs) So good at their jobs. So, but yeah, we cut to the next morning, right? 
we see Ben and Haley getting ready to go, and with them is Roy, who is a um, like ranger hunter dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and very full mm. of himself. <laughs> we actually, before that, we actually um, there is a scene uh, where Sam and Dean are walking down a corridor. I no, I don't really know what that location is supposed to be. The wiki transcript has motel with a question mark, but there are no, there are rooms on either side, so it's probably what it is. Um, where they're discussing what it could be. Um, Dean makes note that spirits and demons don't have to unlock doors, so it's something corporeal. Uh, Sam says corporeal. Dean makes fun of him for saying corporeal, which Excuse is a great me, word. Professor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dean suggests it could be a skinwalker, which was, uh, as previously mentioned, is also a uh, creature of Native American origins. Uh, he also suggests it could be a black dog, which is a, a monster that the boys mention a few times. A black but dog. But never actually face. Um, but as far as I understand from the supernatural lore, black dogs are just omens. They don't actually do they don't actually kill. They're like the Grimm like in the Harry Grimm. Potter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's that's what I thought black dogs were. But I think that that lore hadn't gotten fleshed out yet, though. Um, the boys go out to the Impala. Sam does not want Haley to go into the woods. Um, Dean is like, what are we going to tell her? Sam wants to tell the truth. Dean's like, you're just stupid. You know? But and he points Dean's out, like, he says, her brother's missing. She's not gonna sit this out. So we go and protect her. We keep our eyes peeled. You so know? he's kind of standing up, like, for her in the way, like, you know, if I was in her shoes, I'd want to go out and find my family, too. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Gotta let her do Yeah. Sam doesn't want to have to worry about civilians <laughs> while looking for his dad. Yeah. Um, this is where I made a note that Sam's so stuck on finding John that he's missing how Dean's relating to Haley. Um, Sam would be the same, generally, usually, but right now he doesn't want to have to worry about a civilian on top of figuring out what the hell they're hunting and finding his father, you know? Yeah. It's just one more thing to be worried about, and he doesn't want to have to deal with that. So this is when we cut to the next morning, um, up at the, like, the trailhead. We have Ben and Haley, and then we have Roy, who is a, um, I don't really know what he's supposed to be. Is he a, is he a hunter? Is he an ex-ranger, maybe? I don't remember what Haley calls him. She says, I think she calls him a guide. Um, let me find. hunter? I don't know. Oh, she just says I hired a guy. So, I, I think he's supposed to be some kind of guide hunter dude. What he is is a gigantic dick. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> he's, the, he's the fucking worst. He's awful. He's so mean. Um, he does have a valid point about how bringing Ben into the woods is probably not a great idea. Yeah. But, <laughs> in the end, I think Ben is probably the most physically okay out of all of them. Well, he well, like, ends the up being, like, the most helpful, too, I think. Yeah, I think he's pretty... He does... He does help out a little bit, but I do think that he, like, despite Roy being like, oh, he's in danger, like, he's the least think, one in danger. I think Ben and Sam come out of this the least scathed. Yeah. Chloe, 
you're gonna knock the goddamn microphone over. But this is when the boys show up. They pull up in the Impala. Sam gets a duffel bag out of the trunk. They have a single duffel bag <laughs> between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, like they're, all the other people are, have all their hiking backpacks and all their supplies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam and Jean just have one Sam's duffel got bag. a duffel that Sam's carrying it. <laughs> yeah. And they're wearing like biker clothes. <laughs> they're wearing, they're just regular street clothes. Um, now Haley introduces them to Roy. It says this is all the park service could muster. Uh, and then she has a comment about how uh, you're hiking out there in biker boots and jeans. I hike in jeans because I don't like shorts. Uh, jeans or leggings. I would not hike but in jeans. <laughs> I've hiked in jeans before. You wouldn't hike in jeans? No. I actually made a note to ask you what your preferred hiking gear would be. Um, either shorts or comfortable pants of some sort. Yeah. Sweatpants. I hate shorts. I never Worked wear them. Workout pants, something like that. So, yeah, I think I, I generally these days prefer, if I'm going to be doing any sort of physical activity, I'm probably wearing leggings. I'm wearing leggings anyway, so I'm currently wearing leggings. <laughs> so I just live in them. They're very comfortable, very breathable. I just know my jeans would not be comfortable to hike in for long distances, so. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm also not much of a hiker. But Janine's comment was funny, though. <laughs> Honey, sweetheart, I don't do shorts. <laughs> sweetheart, I don't do shorts. I love that. It's such a great line. Um, I would like to see Dean in shorts because that's a funny image in my head. <laughs> yeah. The boys head off into the wood, into the woods with the, the group. They, they're hiking along. Dean's being a dick to Roy. Granted, Roy is being a dick back. Uh, Sam is just like, can we please get this over with before I murder my brother and leave his body out here in the woods. <laughs> That's what his face says to me at some point. He's just like, I, I'm gonna ditch you right here. <laughs> like, uh, but I really love the dynamic of the we actually know what's going on, but we can't tell these guys yet, because there's no way they'll believe us. I love when that sort of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, Dean's being so cocky, though, that he almost lands himself in a bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the ranger ominously just grabs Dean and stares at him instead of just telling him, you know, hey, look out, there's a bear trap. <laughs> I mean, I feel like grabbing him and pulling him back is more effective than saying, hey, stop, because with the, hey, stop, you have to get their attention and then they have to stop, you know? That's true. So grabbing him is a little more effective, but he didn't have to be such a dick about it. He was but very, um, full I of I think himself. I've said the word dick like five times in the... <laughs> Why is not a likable character? <laughs> He's not a very likable character. The actor does a really good job making himself not likable, though. Which, that's skill. Yeah. Well, before that's this, skill. though, we missed a, um, a scene of the prisoners. Oh, there is a scene of the prisoners. We get to see Cory get... Monteith die. Well, we see that Tommy's still alive. We see that Tommy's still alive, and that him and Gary, that's Cory's character's name, are hung up in a like a cave somewhere. And the window comes in and starts eating Gary. <laughs> in front of poor Tommy. In front of poor Tommy, who tries not to look. But it is showing that uh, Tommy's still alive. Yes, Tommy is still alive. Which is very good. It's very good. Um, but yeah, Dean's being a dick. Ranger's being a dick back. Sam just wants to get this over with. <laughs> but Haley calls the boys out, though. She, she calls them out. What She's she like, you're not... You're not rangers. Oh, yeah. So yeah. tell me what the heck is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And the boys do a little, have a little silent communication. 
Can you we tell that? her or not tell her? Yeah. But Dean's like, do I do it? And Sam's like, okay. You know? <laughs> is this before or after they find the camp? This is before. Um, uh, but Dean tells her, you know, my name is Dean. Or Sam, Dean and, or Sam and I were brothers. We're looking for our dad. We you were know. brothers. We're brothers. <laughs> it sounded like you said, no. we were brothers. No. She... But not anymore. <laughs> no. No, nobody's dead. <laughs> um, Haley also says they didn't bring any, any provisions or anything. They have a single duffel bag and no provisions. And Dean's like, I brought provisions and pulls out a bag of peanut butter M&M's. <laughs> what's even great, what's great though, is it's not even a brand new bag. Like, it's an, it's an opened bag <laughs> that he's already eaten like half of. <laughs> and he, oh, I love it. And he just shoved it in his jacket pocket. And he's been carrying it around. Because <laughs> he's a child. But that's planting that candy for later, though. Yeah. I've missed that whole part. You missed that whole part? Yeah. Um, I was taking notes, apparently. I do think this is when we find the campsite. Though, Roy finds the campsite. Um, I just thought it was funny when they find this, like, completely shredded and trashed campsite with blood everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> and Haley just immediately starts yelling for her brother. Yeah. Like, bitch, shut up. <laughs> Clearly not, something big is in these not woods. Not the smartest move, maybe. Uh, yeah. When Sam, like, stops her, tells her to be quiet. At this point, I was wondering if the boys had ever faced a Wendigo before. Like, I, I, they, I don't think they ever talk about it. They obviously know what one is, and they know how to deal with it. But I am curious as to before if before this point they'd ever faced one, because they won't ever see one again. I don't think so. That is a monster that will never make a reappearance on the show. Hmm. They're mentioned. There's a few mentions of them throughout the series, but you, you never see another one. Uh, At least they never have. kind of got the impression one. they haven't faced one before. You don't think so? Yeah. They might have... A part of me wonders if they would have figured it out faster if they had faced one before, but they also... They seem very famili- unfamiliar with it. Yeah, but also, though, when... Dean, when Sam does figure out what it is, it's Dean doesn't. Dean's like, are you sure that's what it is? Because those are usually in... I don't remember where he says they usually hang out. And so it may have just been that the location was throwing them off. Yeah. Um, let me... Oh, yeah. They arrive at Blackwater Ridge. And Roy Sam asks what coordinates we are. Roy pulls out a GPS and lists off the exact coordinates from the from John's journal um, 35 and minus 111 and Dean makes note that you can't even hear crickets hmm. yeah it's just like dead silent so and then they find that's when they find the campsite um I noticed this twice, twice very quickly, they do this thing where someone is calling for someone else from, like, a little bit of a distance, like, like voices in the woods. That happens twice in quick succession. You get, um, Roy when he finds the campsite, and Dean doing it when he finds the drag marks. That's just the detail I noticed. Because it's something the Wendigo will use against them. Yeah. 
when he show when it shows up. Was <laughs> like it's these distant so, voices. Someone makes a remark. He could still be alive, and immediately hears help. Yeah, Dean. <laughs> right yeah, on Haley's all like, "Oh my god." My brother's probably dead, and Dean's like, no, he could still be alive. Which, I mean, these Wendigos are very good about dramatic effect. But, yeah, they have great timing. Um, <laughs> They're like, okay, when are we going to use the mimic? <laughs> oh, he could still be alive? Okay, now's the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Dean, Dean notices that uh, the bodies were dragged from the campsite, but the tracks just, like, vanish, which is really weird. And he he's like, it's definitely not a skinwalker or, or a black dog. That's not, you know... That that's not their ammo, um, which then that's when we get the uh, hey he could still be alive, um, and then we hear someone in the woods. Yeah, this is in it just boom 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 these voices from the woods. Everyone runs to look for it. Yeah, everyone goes to look, including Sam and Dean anyone. who haven't pieced together what it is yet. Yeah, and then they can't find it. That, but and Sam says back to the campsite. That's the final um, clue that Sam needed to figure out what yeah. it was. He's like, yeah, oh, that, yeah these this things is when it clicks into pay, place. For and he's it. like, okay, shit, everybody, get back to the camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is they find it has taken all of their bags, except for Dean's M and M's, which are still in his pocket. Because <laughs> that's I guess that's the upside of not carrying your stuff around in a bag, is you can't accidentally leave the bag behind if your stuff's in your pocket. I forgot they took the bags. Yeah, well, the Wendigo the takes the for. bags. So they're stranded. Mm. You know. I guess that's true. Um, all the supplies are missing. Roy's GPS, his satellite phone. Part of me was thinking that it's entirely possible the Wendigo was kind of playing with them a little bit. Having a bit of fun with the, f- you know. It definitely likes scaring its victims, I think. I think... Gets yeah, enjoyment yeah, I think it, I, I definitely think that there was some psychological, like it's it's enjoying. It's making things a little more challenging, you know. Instead of just taking them out, it's having a little fun with it. Um, but this is when Sam pulls Dean off to the side um, and asks for John's journal, and Dean pulls it out of what pocket i don't know he just like pulls it out of the inside of his jacket um he must have a big pocket inside <laughs> i don't think he does i think this is a great uh, example of what the boys jared and jensen actually jokingly call their magic pocket <laughs> aka robin the prop master <laughs> just reach behind him and she runs and yeah runs yeah type of when thing. they Throughout the show, whenever the boys pull a weapon, especially out from behind their backs, they, like, they didn't, you didn't see them specifically placed there. Because there are several times where, like, we'll see one of the boys put their, um, put a gun in their waistband or Mm -hmm. put a machete in their belt or stuff like that. But if they just pull it out of thin air, um, that's, what actually happens is they'll be filming the scene and then someone will say pause and everyone will freeze and Robin the prop master will run on set with whatever weapon or item it is and put it in the boy's hand and then run off set <laughs> and then they'll say okay go and the whichever brother it is will pull out whatever it is she gave them I, th- I think this might be an instance of not that specifically Maybe it, it's entirely possible they just like had Jensen hold it under his jacket and then pull mm. it out for the shot. Yeah. But it is their magic Same pocket. Concept, this kind of. Didn't. <laughs> there's no fucking way that that jack that that 
journal was just inside of his jacket. Yeah. You know? There's no pocket there, as far as I know. <laughs> so. Typically, yeah, there wouldn't be one that big, either. Yeah. Big enough to hold a whole journal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is where we get... Um... Yeah, here it is. Okay. So, Dean hands over John's journal. Sam opens it, flips to him until he finds a particular page. I just realized that I think the drawing on this page is the same drawing from that deleted scene. I think it is, yeah. I think it is. There is a deleted scene from right before they, um, right before Roy finds the campsite where Ben finds an Anasazi drawing, a, a petroglyph on a rock. Um, it was on a tree, actually, I think. I thought it was on a, no, it's on a rock. It was? Yeah. Oh. Alright. Um. <laughs> I thought it was a and tree. And <laughs> Sam says, oh, it's, it's an Anasazi symbol. That's actually a really good find, you know? Uh-huh. And I am pretty sure it's the same drawing that's inside yeah, journal. John's journal. Which is uh, the symbol for a Wendigo, I guess. Which is, I guess it's a drawing of a Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Sam points at it, and Dean knows immediately what it is, so I think it is a Wendigo. So, yeah. I guess it makes sense that they would have deleted that scene cuz Sam would have seen that that when Sam should have recognized it for what it was. You know? What that never if shows s- that like Sam saw it just that Dean no. invented. No, Sam Sam's the one who says that's Anasazi. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Dean doesn't see it, but Sam should have if he if the both boys know that that symbol is, you know, a symbol for a Wendigo. They Sam seeing it on the rock should have clued him in sooner. Yeah. So that's probably that's why probably they why that's they probably it. why they deleted it. Yeah. Um But Dean says Wendigos are in the Minnesota woods or North Michigan. I've never heard of one this far west. Uh Sam says the claws, the way it can mimic a human voice. Mm-hmm. Like the everything fits to Wendigo except the location. Which is I think what probably part of why they had they didn't figure it out sooner. Mm-hmm. If they had been in Minnesota, where are they normally? Minnesota or northern Michigan is what Dean says within mm-hmm. the supernatural universe, at least. Um, I feel like so. I think if they if they had been in Minnesota, which was where the episode was originally set. Yeah, it's a so diff- the Great the Great Lakes region. I guess that works. Yeah, is Michigan okay? And Canada. Yeah, so they usually are. Um, Wendigos are the, much the more northern. Yeah, U.S. creatures. So that's that's probably why it wasn't as clear to them. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly what it was, right off the bat. Um, Dean says his gun is useless. <laughs> Which. <laughs> I mean, it is, but he's very dramatic he acts very about it. disappointed. He's very disappointed that his gun is useless. He's ready to shoot something. <laughs> um, this is when the the boys. Sam wants to get the people, the the civilians, out of here. He wants to get them back to safety. Um, has he drawn the circle yet? No, that's that's later. Uh, Sam says things have gotten complicated. He wants... He says if you shoot this thing, you'll make it mad. Roy is like, fuck these kids. I mean, they're babies, and he's a professional. He's a dick, but he is a professional. And he still thinks what they're hunting is a grizzly bear. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sam's like, you know, I was hunting... uh, Roy's like, I was hunting these woods when your mommy was still kissing you goodnight. 
And Sam's like, dude, you have no fucking clue what you're dealing with. <laughs> um, but Dean butts in before Sam can tell him exactly what it is. Um, so, but they... Haley refuses to leave. Um, Tommy might still be alive. She's not. She's not going to leave the woods without him. So... Dean says, all right, well, for staying, you know, we have to settle and protect ourselves. And this is when he draws the circle. Everybody else still doesn't know what it is yet. He says it in the very next scene, though, which is kind of funny, because he was like, no, was don't funny. say it, and then... It, it cuts to a and commercial then the next break. Scene, and then um, I said, I guess Sam and Dean told them about when to goes over the commercial break. I guess. Because <laughs> now they're all filled in. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. Well, but they, they're not all filled in, because um, yeah, they tell they them more about it, it later. They, they know they what it is, though, they, Yeah, point. they know it's a Wendigo, but they haven't explained exactly what it is, I guess. Because um, Dean says... Uh, where did it go? Haley... Uh, Haley asks... He, she wants... She's just verifying what Dean's drawing in the dirt. Dean says Anasazi symbols for protection. The Wendigo can't cross them. Roy laughs. Dean says no one likes a skeptic, which is great. Um, Sam's kind of off by himself being an emo boy. He's <laughs> he's very good at that. He's, and we get a really nice conversation between the brothers. Yeah, we get a really great brother moment here. Um, Sam has made the connection that John isn't out here in the woods. That he is... He gave them a hunt. He gave them a, a task to do. And the boy, Sam at least, uh, just assumed that John would be at these coordinates, because like, that's how they do it, is the coordinates are like a meeting the place. place to meet. Hmm. So, but clearly John's not here, and he's just sending them on errands instead of giving them clues to his location, and Dean's, or Sam's kind of uh, upset about that, because he, he wants to find his dad, and he wants to hunt the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And suddenly, all that's... It's its finally clicked to him that that's not what's going on here. That John's just... You know? Yeah, D makes the comment like, you know, our family's already so screwed up, maybe we can help yeah. keep another family yeah. intact, you know? This is also the scene where Dean says his ever-famous... Mm -hmm saving people, hunting things, the family business, which is in basically every before segment of every episode of the entire show from this point <laughs> on. I swear to God. It's um, the motto. Something I found that I know I remember Jensen talking about that I find kind of interesting is that they actually had him come in and re-record that line mm. during season eight, I think, because his voice had changed so much that it was kind of his voice Freaky. had changed. Yeah, his voice changes a lot between season one puberty. <laughs> and season eight. His voice drops so much. Wow. Dean also tells Sam, you know, Sam is like, I don't know how you guys, how you can do this. Because this isn't what Sam wanted for himself. He was going to be a lawyer. He was going to, you know, have a wife and a white picket fence and a, you know, and he, he never wanted the hunting life that John and Dean love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dean tells him what you mentioned earlier, that our family's so screwed to hell, maybe we can help some others, makes everything more bearable, which is, I think, something that Sam kind of takes to heart a bit. Um, kind of snaps him out of his little 
one track mind at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and then we also get the, you know, uh, you know what also helps killing every evil son of a bitch I can or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Dean says the word bitch a lot, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's his favorite word, I think. It's a word they can get away with. It's a word they can get away with. <laughs> you know what's really funny is they can't use the word, what word is it? Oh, they can't say cock on the show, but they can say dick. Yeah. <laughs> because dick is short for Richard, but cock is a word for a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till we get to season seven, babe. <laughs> well, you know that if this show wasn't on the CW, Dean would definitely oh, be dropping the f bomb all over the place. Imagine <laughs> because this... he's that type of person. <laughs> God, imagine if Supernatural was on like HBO. Ah, uh, we get a lot more adult content. That's for way sure. Way more. <laughs> way more. Um. But the boys, Sam seems to be feeling, he's, he's feeling a little bit better. Um, they, it's really cute because Dean does a little smile and Sam does a little smile back. It's a very big brother, little brother moment that I find adorable. They're starting to rebond again. Yeah, they're starting to, you know, find their flow with each other and reconnect as brothers, which is always really nice. Um, this is when the Wendigo comes along again. And he mimics some voices and mm. Roy runs off into the woods like a moron. The boys stay. Well, he shoots and he thinks that he hit he it. He does. He because shoots he, and he like thinks a yowl, that he hit it. Which is he probably does. just it. Maybe he hit it, but it might have just been I trying to lure just, him out. Yeah, I think he also pissed it off. Um, oh, yeah. Which is something Sam mentions later, because the... Because we find out later what happened to him. Um, well, you actually see it. You see him get his neck snapped. Mm. He, he stops by it. He, like, pauses by a tree, and the Wendigo shoots down. You just see its really long arms, and it grabs his head and twists his neck and then pulls, pulls him up. up into the tree. <laughs> you well, just... you assume that at that it's point... It's so smooth. He would have been eaten, too. Like, he, like, was eating him, you know? Maybe. The snack. But we find out later that he, he wasn't didn't eaten. get eaten, though. He was just pissed off. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was just pissed off. Because, yeah, I guess um, they they saved their meals, too. So, mm -hmm. the fact that it mm -hmm. just kills him and doesn't eat him, it's definitely pissed off. <laughs> um, Sam and Dean run after Roy, but they he's already gone. He's already been pulled up into the tree. So, we cut to the next morning. We get an absolutely gorgeous shot of Sam sitting against, like, a hollow tree stump. It's it's so beautiful. It's such a great shot. Um, Sam, or Dean, Haley, and Ben are kind of, like, walking among the tents. I don't really, I don't remember what they were doing. But this is when the boys kind of info dump about Wendigos. Um... So, you know, Haley's like, how do you know about this stuff? Dean says it runs in the family. <laughs> so, but this is when Sam does a little info dump. Well, both they, both of them do. They do a little info dump about the Wendigo. So, according to Supernatural lore, and I'm just going to read Sam and Dean's actual, li actual dialogue. 
Uh, Wendigo is a Cree Indian word that means evil that devours. They're hundreds of years old. Each one was once a man, sometimes an Indian, sometimes a frontiersman or miner or hunter. Um, they're during a harsh winter. Some guy finds himself starving, cut off from supplies or help, and becomes a cannibal to survive, eating other members of his tribe or camp. Uh, cultures all over the world believe that eating human flesh gives a person certain abilities. If you eat enough of it over years, you become this less than human thing. You're always hungry. Um, uh, more than anything, a Wendigo knows how to last long winters without food. It hibernates for years at a time, but when it's awake, it keeps its victims alive. It stores them so it can feed whenever it wants. If and Dean tells Haley, if your brother's alive, it's keeping him somewhere dark, hidden, and safe. So we have to track it back there. Uh, and this is when he makes a Molotov cocktail, basically. <laughs> With a beer bottle and a can of lighter fluid and a piece of fabric. Because the only way to kill a Wendigo in supernatural lore is with fire hmm. so would you like to give us some real life wendigo lore sure Beeb? I'll <laughs> hand it over to you so I can not talk anymore <laughs> at least for a minute <laughs> as usual I got my source from wikipedia <laughs> um, so yeah wendigos are part of native american lore and Wikipedia describes its origins as such. The Wendigo is part of the traditional belief system of a number of Algonquin yep. speaking peoples. Um, although descriptions can vary somewhat, common to all these cultures is the view that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being. They were strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. Um, so Basil H. Johnston and Ojibwe. 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 Thanks, babe. Yeah. Ojibwe. <laughs> Teacher and scholar from Ontario describes the Wendigo as this. The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin. Its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. Ew. Yep. <laughs> they did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, based on this description, the supernatural ones pretty, pretty accurate. accurate. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decaying decomposition of death and corruption. Um, so the myths seem to portray Wendigo as a former human that resorted to cannibalism that then turned them into monsters. There are also versions that say intense greed and gluttony could cause this as well. Um, so there were actually several reported witness cases of Wendigo psychosis, which was basically when a person would just have an intense craving for human flesh and sometimes resorted to cannibalism. Ew. Yeah, these are like actual real and witnessed and what? reported events, yeah, oh. among the Native American tribe and including some um, Westerners really? who lived out in the middle of nowhere as well. I've never heard of that. Yeah, so these individuals were believed to have been possessed by the spirit of Wendigo, and fearing that the individual would turn into a monster, they were executed. Um, yeah, I read some report that, like, a farmer was, like, on the verge of starvation. He, like, killed and ate his wife and his five children. Damn. Well, uh, Ben mentions the the Donner Party. Mm. Have you heard of them? 
I've, I've heard of them before. I don't remember the story. They, they were a party crossing. Uh, I think they're from Chicago. <laughs> you okay, Chloe? <laughs> she startled herself. She's just shaking it off. Hi, baby. Um, they're from, I think, from Chicago. And it was like a party of. Let me, let me Google real quick. So it is some weird psychology psychological phenomenon that happens yeah. that when okay here we go i don't even know if it was in all these cases they were starving it's just kind of something that hit it's them all of a sudden that, and then that's so interesting they just craved human flesh which well, is yeah. weird <laughs> so ben mentioned specifically the donner party as an example of people turning to cannibalism to survive mm-hmm. um which the donner party is sometimes called the donner reed party was a group of American pioneers who migrated to California in a wagon train from the Midwest. I think they were actually from Chicago, but I'm not sure. Delayed by a series of mishaps, they spent the winter of 1846-1847 snowbound in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Some of the migrants resorted to cannibalism to survive, eating the bodies of those who had succumbed to starvation, sickness, and extreme cold. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, Instead of crossing the Rockies the yeah, the Wasatch Range and the Great Salt Lake Desert in present-day Utah, they decided to take a new route called the Hastings Cutoff, which bypassed established trails. The desolate and rugged terrain and the difficulties they later encountered while traveling along the Humboldt River in present-day Nevada resulted in the loss of many cattle and wagons, and divisions soon formed within the party. By early November, they reached the Sierra Nevada, but had become trapped by an early heavy snowfall near Truckee Lake. Now Donner Lake, high in the mountains, their food supplies ran dangerously low, and in mid-December, some of the group set out on foot to obtain help. Rescuers from California attempted to reach the migrants, but the first relief party didn't arrive until the middle of February 1847, almost four months after the wagon train became trapped. Of the 87 members of the party, 48 survived the ordeal. Hmm. Historians have described the episode as one of the most spectacular tragedies in California history, and in the entire record of American westward migra- migration. Mm. So. You can't imagine being like that, trapped and starving, that God, you'd have to yeah. resort to that, you know? Yeah. I remember actually listening to a, 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 my favorite murder episode where they talked about the Donner Pass, and apparently there was one guy who, like, journaled the whole time that they were trapped and basically every day started with it's a beautiful day or something like that and it was great because karen was like i was about i didn't want to read this anymore (laughs) dude you're starving and dying but it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful day so great (laughs) but yeah so that is that is uh wendigos for you guys i wanted to to show a few references of Mm. wendigo and pop culture um he's shown up as the villain in Marvel Comics. Um, and more recent representation is they were the main antagonists in the horror video game Until Dawn, which I know is very similar similarities between that video game and this episode of Supernatural. Even using like the mines mm-hmm. and everything as their lair and everything. With Until Dawn. I've never played that game, but I have watched, I've watched like, playthroughs some playthroughs of it. Of it. I want to play it. It <laughs> looks kind of scary. It's scary, but Is it that looks the good. one that's got the butterfly effect thing? Mm-hmm. Where like if you make it, di- each time you play it, if you make different decisions, different yeah, things happen. Yeah, it's a choice based game, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they've also been featured as a monster in Fallout 76. Cool. 
So fun facts, fun nerdy facts for you. Yay, nerdy facts. <laughs> All right. Um, this, let me, here we go. All right. So Dean is leading the way into the forest. <laughs> they pass trees with claw marks and blood. Um, Sam points out that this is way too easy of a trail to follow, which is just, just solidifies my thought that the Wendigo is having some fun. <laughs> yeah. It's enjoying itself. Um, so, uh, this is when Roy's body falls out of the tree. <laughs> well, first we get the dramatic dripping blood but on yeah, the face we get, again. <laughs> we, get, we get blood dripping onto her shirt. Uh, and then she the looks slow up. up. <laughs> and then Roy, Roy's corpse falls out of the tree and lands where she now, was standing. That is now in the course of two episodes. Third time that they've used this dripping blood. <laughs> it is. That's so funny. That's really <laughs> they funny. Really like, they're really um, proud of that one. This is when the Wendigo shows up, though. It gets... Um, they all take off running, but Ben falls and Sam goes back to help him up, which divides the group. And uh, this is when Dean and Haley are taken by the Wendigo. Haley does a great scream here. She does, yeah. It genuinely is... It's actually really difficult to do a good horror movie scream, and she does a pretty good one. Um, well, like I said earlier, we're getting more and more glimpses of the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. This time we see, like, the full back of its head for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We also get a kind of corny... I think this is one of the few special, like, CGI-ish shots uh, of, like, the Wendigo running through the bushes, and it's... If I remember correctly, how they did it was they actually dressed the actor up in a green screen suit or a blue screen suit. I don't remember which one it was, and had him run in front of a screen. Oh, so they captured the motion of it. Mm-hmm. So you get this like figure moving, but he's kind of invisible. It's weird. It's yeah. a really weird effect. It like it. I think they're trying to show that it's moving super fast. Yeah, but you can't yeah. See it type of thing. But. <laughs> it's. it's, it's it's okay. It's not my favorite. Yeah. But, yeah. This is and when Dean and Haley are taken. Sam <laughs> finds Dean's uh, broken Molotov cocktail. So, now Sam and Ben are all by themselves. <laughs> well, I did make the the remark. It said, I said it never really shows them. Is it because they didn't have a good enough CGI, or are they using it to build suspense? Uh, or uh, both? They used it to build suspense. <laughs> I think the practical effects of the Wendigo are very well done. I, I, think I so really too. love when shows go with practical over CGI. It always looks better. It really it ages better. It usually does. Yeah. So, but uh, now we have Sam and Ben alone in the woods. Massive. <laughs> I don't actually. Is it that Ben song. that notices the trail of yeah, M and M's? Ben finds the peanut M and M's. I said, man, someone had a lot of M&M's. That was a long trail. (laughs) He had a shit ton. (laughs) I don't think he was dropping them, like, one at a time. It feels like he probably was, like, kind of sprinkling them a little bit along. (laughs) Dean's getting hauled off by a Wendigo. I just imagine... to pull out his M&M's. I just imagine Dean, like, hanging over the Wendigo's shoulder with his bag of M&M's, like... (laughs) When did he have time to get that out of his pocket if they moved as fast as they proclaimed to be moving? That's a really good question. (laughs) Dean's a smart dude, though. He's a very smart cookie. Dean is... Um, Dean is very street smart. He's real street smart. Yeah. Um, I don't know which episode it is. I think it's... I think it's Phantom Traveler when we get to see his EMF meter that he made out of a Walkman. 
Hmm, yeah, like, I remember that. D- Sam's like, what the heck is that? And Dean's like, it's an EMF meter. And Sam's like, yeah, I know. Why does it look like a busted up Walkman? And Dean's like, because that's what I made it out of. <laughs> and I just, Sam like kind of scoffs about it, like, really, dude? But I just, the dude turned something that's definitely not an EMF, an EMF meter. Into an EMF meter. Into an it's EMF impressive. meter. It's so good. <laughs> Probably something that his dad taught him. He's real good. Dean's really good at that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's always something that's impressed me. Um, but Sam and Ben find their way to... They follow the trail, and they find their way to a mine. Uh, so. Yep. They enter the mine. <laughs> you know, I've made a really <laughs> fun connection in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Han Solo and Sam Winchester to the rescue. <laughs> What's great? I know. What's I great? made this comment. Like, what's is, great is Sam is based around Luke Skywalker. Yes! So I'm like, it's oh, Han and Luke. It's Han and Luke. <laughs> Babe, I love you. I was very proud of myself. I'm for very that proud of you. I did not notice that. It's literally that Sam, Han and Luke. It's literally Han. <laughs> Although Ben is nothing like Han. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, this, it's, but it's the Han's, the young Han Solo actor, and a character Based who was described Skywalker. by the creator as the Luke Skywalker of the show. I love that. That's so funny. They're off <laughs> to like, rescue the princess. I don't think yep. Dean would take kindly of being called a princess, but Princess Dean. Sometimes he can't do. <laughs> the other Han Solo. <laughs> the other Han Solo. But yeah. So the boy, um, Sam and Ben, sneak into the mine. Uh, they managed to avoid the Wendigo. It goes down a different tunnel at a at a crossing. So they they continue. And then they fall through the floor. And conveniently land, like, right, right by where the Wendigo's keeping really its captives. But, like, they made a hell of a lot of noise, too. Oh, I'm, they made so I'm much noise. I'm surprised the Wendigo's were on them like that. Yeah. Honestly. They made so much noise. But they find Dean, and they find Haley, and they, they you know, cut him down. Uh, and then Dean's, like, you know, sitting on the floor by their bags, and Haley find, notices Tommy... And runs over, and Tommy's alive. Uh, yep. So they're they're cutting Tommy down and making sure he's okay. And meanwhile, Dean has found some flare guns in the pile of stolen supplies in the corner. Hmm. Uh, I've never actually seen a flare gun in real life. These, the flare guns that the boys use in this episode look like like regular guns. Maybe it's just that they're black, but they like they have a nar- a much narrower barrel that I'm used to seeing on a flare gun. Because I feel like most flare guns I see are, like, wider. they're short. Yeah, they're, they're short. shorter, and they're bright red, and they have, like, a... Wide the, barrel. Yeah, the barrel is bigger, has yeah. a wider di- diameter than a regular gun, so it, I don't I don't know what's up I'm with that. I'm not a gun expert, so I really don't know. I really don't know either, but, so they they head off. I did just notice, based on the script, Haley and I spell our names the same way. This is a transcript. I was so. genuinely surprised. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I'd have to check the IMDb. Let me look at the cast list that I copied over and see how they spelled it. Hardly anyone ever spells. They spelled it the same way as yours in the cast list. They spell it with an I. H-A-I-L in the... That's how I assumed it in was. In the... the um, that's how everyone assumes my name is spelled. <laughs> yeah. That's how they spell it in the subtitles. Huh. I think. Because I watched, I watched the episode twice and the first one was on Netflix with the mm. subtitles, and they spell it with an I in the subtitles, but in the IMDb page and in the wiki, they spell it 
without the I. So that's. So I guess either way. Note. Um. Uh, I did make a note that Dean has no right to look that pretty covered in dirt and blood. Uh, Second episode in a row where he's covered in mud. This time he looks much better than last time, though. <laughs> he does, yeah. Last time he looked like he fell in a horse stall or something. He fell in a river, so he I did. mean... <laughs> Close enough. Um, but yeah. We get some more gorgeous cinematography with the play of light through wooden slats as they head off down the tunnel. But this is where they decide to split up. Um, Dean, because they notice the Wendigo coming, they can hear it. I, it did hear them. It did hear them. Why wasn't it fast this time, then? I think it's just kind of figured that they don't have anywhere to go. It's in its home, you know? Yeah. It's in a, it's a mine. It's There are lots of tunnels, lots of twists and turns, so it's like, ah, I got time. You know? I guess. So. Very convenient um, for them, though. <laughs> the boys decide that Dean is going to lure the Wendigo off um, while Sam gets Haley and Ben out of the mine. Uh, and we get some great Dean dialogue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love his I taste good. It's so funny. <laughs> I, rolled that I don't have too. to include that in the episode somehow because I fucking love that line. It's so good. It's like, uh, come get some white meat. <laughs> yeah, you want some white meat? I'm right here. <laughs> um, this is when so, Dean's trying to lure the monster out, um, but the monster has actually followed Sam and Haley and Ben and Tommy, who I forgot was with them. <laughs> um, so, Haley, or Sam, takes his gun uh, and tells the, the civilians, essentially, to get out, to go. He sends them off ready, and he, he waits for the wind to go. But, um, when he shoots, the, the Wendigo actually dodges it. I think mm. if the Wendigo hadn't moved, Sam would have got right in the face. Well, I love that, like, slow shot, like, Sam's oh, hiding behind so the corner. Good. You just see the light on his you face. Get, yeah, you get the light on his face, and it, you like, You see the slow, slow turn, turns. And then you get and then, your first good look oh, at the Wendigo. It's such a good <laughs> Which shot. Which I thought was very it's good prosthetics. so well crafted. Yeah, because yeah. The that Wendigo costume was like really good. Practical effects to that me. Was, Oh, yeah. It's a guy in a costume. There's actually some behind-the-scenes pictures of mm. him just, like, chilling in a chair. <laughs> it's real funny. Um... I, I just loved that whole scene. I'm like, that's such a great shot. Oh, that shot is so it's so well crafted to like and it was the reveal. So scary, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that slow build up, you turn and you finally get your first good look at him. Yeah, yeah. The suspense and it, that they've been building the whole Sam, episode. Sam shoots, he misses. I think he would have hit it if the Wendigo had not moved, but obviously Wendigos move, so and then he runs after the the Collinses. He catches up to them. They get to a dead end, though, with the Wendigo right behind him. And this is, I love, this is something that we don't get too often, but I love when Sam does it, which is he uses his body as a shield. Um, Jared is, like, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he is a big guy. I think he actually grew a little bit, because <laughs> he's taller. Yeah, it's um, possible. <laughs> he's taller in later seasons. He, he grew a little bit, I'm pretty sure. But he's, he's a big guy, and, um... It's not uncommon, at least in the show, for Sam to kind of make himself a little smaller. He sits down, he leans forward, he, he does these things to make himself seem less intimidating, but I really love when he pulls himself up to his full height and just faces down a monster. Like, mm -hmm. uh, 
He's a he's a baby. He's a little floppy haired puppy eye baby, but he's he can be you know, big and intimidating when he wants to be. Oh yeah, yeah. So but thank God Dean to the rescue. <laughs> And also, thank God, they're super flammable, apparently. So yeah, Wendigos are really flammable. I figured, um, they must, like... like soaked in gasoline flammable, because those things light up, like... They must be, like... It, I, I'd imagine they're... It's, he's pretty dry. I don't... I, I feel like, uh, hundred-year-old cryptids don't moisturize a whole lot. <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> Lacking on their moisture moisturization nightly routine. <laughs> No but face like, masks. Like you were reading, um, in the the lores that they're like they're basically like walking corpses kind of. Hmm. Yeah. You know. So, so that's how that and corpses that one once um, they reach a certain point, they burn pretty easy. They get all dry and papery and Yeah. That's how that guy described them as it's just kind of mm-hmm. thinly pulled flesh across the bone, like I super think, skinny. I think that description matches real well with our the Wendigo the boy's face off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would that make sense. It seems to be sense. common lore of that they look like that. Yeah. So it. I think. I think them being highly flammable makes sense. As a result of that. Um. So we get a great. This is the other C- definitely CGI shot of the Wendigo, like, burning up from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get a funny little shot of a, that I think was, like, a random costume piece, like, burning on the floor. Because <laughs> the Wendigo, like, shrivels up and turns into a little puddle, you know? It's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, I was gotten the impression throughout this episode that there were multiple Wendigos. There's only, there only one. one. There's only one. Okay. So... Okay. Yeah, it's just one well, one monster, which is a good thing because they fucking leave after that. Um, we cut from there to uh, the I, I didn't realize it was a ranger station. Um, oh. The transcript says it's a ranger station. I just double checked that. <laughs> Exterior ranger station night. The ambulance is loading Tom into it. The the brother. Some police officers are interviewing Ben. Ben is. Um, reiterating that it was a, a grizzly bear. That was a fucking huge grizzly bear, you know. Must have weighed 800, 900 pounds. Um, and then off to the side, Dean is, like, sitting on the, the hood of the Impala talking to Haley. They've both already been patched up. And I actually really love this little moment. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's one of my favorite Dean moments, I think, is Haley's like, oh, I don't know how to thank you. And Dean's all like, cocky and smirking and Haley's like must you cheapen the moment and he's like yeah <laughs> but but then um this is one of those moments where Dean's Dean's bravado slips you know mm-hmm. where you see the guy who who doubts that anyone would really you know want him or be attracted to him you know he knows that aesthetically he's a good looking guy but he he also knows that he's a <laughs> he's a mess mm-hmm. you know and he doesn't, he has a hard time seeing himself as someone who other people would, you know, find desirable. Um, but you get that cute, the, you know, the cocky, must you cheap in the moment confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Disappears immediately. <laughs> as soon as she kisses his cheek, he just like softens up. It's adorable. You just get that little glimpse of... Oh, she 
She wasn't joking. Oh, she actually did kind of like me. Yeah. You know? It's like, I don't know what to do now. I, think is, I, I always think it's really sweet when we get those moments. But Haley and Ben get in the ambulance with their brother, and it drives away. And the boys watch it go and have a little, another little brother, you know, talk scene where Dean tells Sam, you know, we're going to find Dad. Uh, and Sam says, paying off the, uh, the want to drive question from earlier, Sam says, in the meantime, I'm driving, and Dean gives him the keys. So, and mm. then they drive away. And the episode ends. And we are almost two hours into this shit. What the fuck? <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts about episode two, babe? Any anything else you wanted to share or don't think so. What about you? I don't think so. Um, I feel like I, I mostly shared all my thoughts throughout, but you definitely see Sam is uh what is my brain doing? Yeah, I think I think I I'm good for Wendigo. So that is that is all for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this episode. Um, per- obviously, we both really, actually really like it. Um, I was surprised <laughs> at how much Sam stuff was actually in it when I, you know, had another look through and was really looking for it. Um, but in the in the meantime, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr at we need to talk about Sam. Um, if you want to find me on social media, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. Haley Beeb, where can the people find you? <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at at the life go- at life goes on three. Yeah. Um, Tumblr, I'm looking up. Tumblr, it's hfthoughts-blog. I feel like you made that when, in like, 2011 <laughs> or something. I didn't do it. Was <laughs> maybe five years ago. <laughs> 2015? That's not much better. Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, until next time. Bye. We need to think of like a, a word or something. I guess. <laughs> like a farewell greeting. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> you got one off the top of your head? No. No? All right. Well, we'll think about that. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We need to talk about Sam. Uh, I need to. I'm gonna do that last line again. I'm Haley. <laughs> I'm Haley. I'm Haley. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
just a puppy. Sigh. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's cute. She's also totally going to knock this microphone over if she moves around too much. Today our microphone is being, uh, is brought to you by <laughs> Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> the book. The book. The hardback book. The hardback book. <laughs> My we favorite Harry Potter book. It's a good book. I, I think it. I still think Goblet of Fire is my favorite. It's a good one too. It's a really good one. I'm waiting for the um I think I have a good two week, two, three week wait still on the um audiobook for Order of the Phoenix. I want it. I need it. <laughs> I don't need it, I have but a, I, I definitely want it. I have a hardback cup, copy of it if you want to read it. <laughs> I like the audiobooks because I can listen to them while I'm doing DoorDash. Yeah. You know? I should do that for my work. Listen I think to an I audiobook. suggested that when you first started. Was I was like, you should listen to an audiobook or a podcast. I listen to podcasts while I work. Yeah. I alternate. It just depends on what I've got downloaded on my phone, you know? I've been listening I'm to The Office Ladies. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm all caught up on all my podcasts for right now. So... I need to find another good podcast. Yeah? Yeah. What kind of... You're not into true crime. All my podcasts are true crime. I think it's interesting, but it creeps me out too much. <laughs> so no, I'm not into, yeah. into it. Most of my, all my podcasts are true crime. You're very cute. Oh, look at that. <laughs> and there it goes. There it goes. Oh, a big puppy yawn. A big puppy yawn. Hi, baby. Hello. <laughs> She's so cute.